Brazil shouldn't just follow, it should lead. There are several value chains, several sectors and businesses in which Brazil would be able to lead the, the development of these businesses and lead the decarbonization of the world. When I talk to some of the largest financing players in the world, they are excited about financing in Brazil coming internationally. So I think financing from an international point of view is not going to be a big challenge with the right scaling plans. Getting to net zero will require tremendous rapid change and large-scale technology deployment across multiple industries worldwide. The energy transition will create massive opportunities to build entirely new businesses, fostering an inclusive and greener development model. Leaders that move quickly will see exponential growth. McKinsey's analysis showed that growing demand for net zero offerings could generate more than $12 trillion in annual sales by 2030 across numerous sectors, including transportation, power, and hydrogen. It is an enormous opportunity, cannot be overlooked, for the good of the economy and also the planet. Green business building is the topic of our conversation in this episode of McKinsey Talks. So welcome, I'm Mariana Almeida, and here with me today are Thomas Nauckler, Senior Partner in Stockholm and Global Leader of McKinsey Sustainability, and also João Guillaumont, Partner in Sao Paulo and Leader of the Energy and Materials Transition Practice in Latin America. Thank you very much for joining us, Thomas and João. Nice to be here. Thank you, Mariana. And do you know McKinsey Talks? It is a series of video and podcast interviews of around 20 minutes with McKinsey experts and guests from different industries. Our aim here is to initiate conversations on relevant topics for business agendas. So let's move forward. Thomas, when we talk about green businesses, we envision a multi-billion dollar market. By 2030, we anticipate 300 decacorns, as we call $10 billion worth companies related to green business worldwide. Also, a thousand unicorns and dozens of sustainability-oriented capitalized funds around the world. So there are many valuable deals out there, right? What needs to be done to be part of this exclusive group? I think the first point is that this is a scaling challenge. We're talking about new technologies and applications that needs to scale and come down in cost and scale in volume. So first thing is, if you want to be part of the group, you need to have the ambition to be one of those scalers, that hyperscale. And we call it, you need to scale at the same pace at digital players scaled software, but on hardware. And how do you do that? And how do you build a system to do it if it's in hydrogen, hydrogen plant one, two, three, four, coming down in cost. That's a different mindset than what we've seen for most industrial players in, in the Western world for the last 30, 40, 50 years. So it's a new concept, new mindset, and a new ambition to really be part of that group. And Juan, bringing this scenario to Brazil, which new green business building opportunities will be more relevant here in the Brazilian context? And how can local companies take advantage of these opportunities? We're going to have many opportunities in Brazil. I would like to highlight four value chains that are particularly important. First of all, renewables and green hydrogen. So Brazil has a great potential to produce renewable electricity, mainly solar and wind, at a competitive cost, abundant and competitive cost. And we can convert that into green hydrogen, its derivatives, and export 
significant share of this potential to the rest of the world. A second one I would like to highlight is the bioenergy and biomaterials potential. So we have also a great potential to grow things and we can turn these things into advanced biofuels, into biomaterials that are going to help decarbonize the Brazilian economy and the economy, the global economy as well, right? The third one is nature-based solutions. Brazil itself, Brazil alone, has about 15% of the potential to capture CO2 with natural solutions. And we should take advantage of this, again, to help the world decarbonize itself. And finally, there is mobility. We can use this great potential we have for biofuels, for uh, renewable power, to decarbonize our transportation sector. And the companies should have this hyperscaling mindset, so as he said. <laughs> it's not worth or not enough to do something small, right? You have to do that at the Brazilian or the, or the global scale. Right. Thomas, starting from the scratch now, how can companies and individual executives create successful businesses and grow them once they are created? I know there isn't a one-size-fits-all formula, but what are the ingredients of a successful model? We have developed a perspective, a draft of what does a scaling formula look like that allows you to become one of these sustainability unicorns or decacorns. And it's pretty different from what we typically talk about. The first one point we say is you need to have an absurd ambition. Tesla is absurdly ambitious. That's why they created a totally new uh, class for transportation. You need to be the same. And one example we have in direct air capture, there is an American company called Oxy 1.5. They want to build 50 1 million ton plants by 2035. Each plant will cost a billion. The advantage of that is that you actually drive, can then do the point two, which is drive down cost and capex fast and industrialize these new value chains. You need to have the ambition to basically make things economical very, very fast, point two. Point three is how do you finance this? There is a lot of capex money to put into it. And there's only one way of, of financing it when you do these large industrial battery plants or what it is. It is you need to use product financing. You basically need to take away demand risk and lock up demand with the customers who needs your product and thereby take away the demand risk. So third point is lock up captive demand, partner CEO to CEO with the large companies who wants to buy your hydrogen or your green ammonia. Point four is you need to be paralyzing scaling. You can't build a little pilot plant for a technology, then a bigger, then a bigger and the bigger. The faster you can go to a commercial scale plant, I serve a cl client called H2 Green Steel. They are three years old. They are raising six billion in the B round. That and they are going straight to a commercial plant because they, f they see that that can be done. That accelerates the, the world on green steel, but it also accelerates the cr value creation for that company. Number five is you need to move, mobilize the whole value chain. Sometimes it's sourcing, like you mentioned, Zhao, on bio, if you are in the biofuels business, the sourcing and feedstock will be short. How do you secure that and build the value chain for that or the equipment early so it's cost effective? Number six is a provocative view from us, which is saying, if you're going to be this ambitious, you need a star CEO, you need a star CFO, and you need a star for operations. Most companies don't have that star CEO. H2 Green Steel has, as a star CEO, the leader of the largest commercial vehicle player in, the, in Europe. He was employee number one. He used to manage an operation of 76,000 people. He jumped that to start a steel company. That's the type of person you need. And number seven, what you need is you need to be very good at low-cost financing. This is going to be a capex game, 
a lot of money needs to be recruited. You need to go at 70% debt, 60% debt, 30, 40% equity. How do you do that? That's a skill that at least in many parts of the, the world, we've lost track on. So what's the new modern way of product financing? That's the seventh thing. This is our first version of a scaling formula. We are working on it all the time and we are taking feedback to make it more refined, but that's a little bit the formula we are seeing works. Great. Thomas, so far we have just identified over 100 unicorns, a handful of decacorns and one single $10 billion fund emerging in the sustainability space since 2015. In addition to being far from the projection, the pace has not been fast enough to achieve net zero emissions globally by 2050. What could allow the world to move faster? Or, in other words, what key elements are necessary to hyperscale green business worldwide? So you mentioned a few characteristics that companies should do. So speaking in worldwide, yeah. in a general way, how could we do it? Yeah, on a, on a system level or on a worldwide level, uh, I, I think the first one is actually ambition. I think it starts with, are we ambitious enough as leaders for funds or are we ambitious as, as enough as incumbent players who would be the natural leaders of doing these startups? Why not go for creating a second leg or a third leg of your company with a 10 or 20 billion market cap if the opportunity is there? Many times the incumbents have the advantage, skills and capabilities, but are not used to scale new things. Try to learn how to do it and go for it is number two. Now, number three is, of course, there will be some of these technologies that are quite far away from commercial viability. There, of course, regulatory support of different types will be needed. And then I think the last point is, let's start talking about the risk, because there is still a, a little bit of a misunderstanding how risky these things are. You could argue that the sustainability trend and demand that comes from it is very well locked in because there is a reinforcing loop of fires that, and we will be delayed, which will accelerate things rather than decelerate it. And start thinking about, can you do this in a de-risk way with, as I said, captive demand, we're taking away technology and execution. So can these things that we think that are very risky, can we educate the, the funds and the players to really realize how risky is it really, relative to, as an example, drilling a new offshore oil field? It's bloody, it's very risky to do that. But we, do, we think it's much less risky than start one of these companies. So start educating ourselves about the real risk is perhaps the last point. Great. João, he just said, he talked about the risks here, but looking closely at Brazil again, what are the barriers that green business face today? And what are companies doing to overcome them here in Brazil? We have to remember, we are not talking about digital businesses. We are talking about physical businesses mostly, right? So we're talking about big expensive assets that have to be built. Uh, when this is the case, we need scale to be competitive. So we cannot just be constrained by the Brazilian scale. We have to think about the global scale in which we can operate these businesses out of Brazil. A second point is there's a big advantage to being the first one, being the one who is actually not piloting, but building these companies at scale, fast, leveraging the advantages we have in Brazil, right? And finally, nobody's gonna do this by themselves. We need ecosystems, we need partnerships, we need Brazilian companies working with other Brazilian companies and with international companies as well. Can you describe a little bit more uh, this ecosystem? What players are involved? Yeah, the ecosystem has multiple players. Typically, you're gonna have someone who is able to uh, operate this asset, to build and operate this asset 
in a place like Brazil, someone who knows the supply chain, someone who knows how uh, these business, businesses work here. You typically need someone who has a technology as well. If you have an important technology piece, uh, you're gonna bring someone who is more than a supplier, is a partner in the implementation of this technology. You need someone, as Thomas said, that's gonna be able to finance this, and that's gonna be able to finance this uh, with the right mindset. It's not only about financing construction, it's about financing building a new business that is gonna take advantage of the trends that we expect to accelerate, and that's gonna be able to connect you with, finally, and that's maybe the, one of the key points, to connect you with the buyers of whatever you are producing. Getting the right of takers or even bringing the off takers to your partnership is something that is of ultimate importance. Okay, do you wanna add anything on that, Thomas? Jao described it very well. Uh, I just had a conversation before walking in here with a revolutionary player in the tire industry. And for them, of course, they need to get the feedstock. And the question is, who do they partner with to get that? They need to partner with the, tie, the, the rubber manufacturers, the tire manufacturers, the car OEMs, and possibly even with the transport companies that are gonna use it because it has advantages. So the whole value chain there need to work, and then they need to partner with the financial, somebody financially helping them to scale it. And the trick always is gonna be, how do you play a bit more open book? This is not about having secrets. It's about how you do I make you successful, you make me successful. Otherwise, it's never going to really take off with the pace we need. It's a symbiosis. Yes. Okay, Thomas and João, after this conversation, I'm sure our audience has a lot to reflect on. Before we wrap up this episode, I have one last question for you both. Brazil has a consistent trajectory in building and scaling new sustainable technologies, such as biodiesel, as João just mentioned. Now we are facing a new disruption in climate technologies. What should be done to boost funding for these new opportunities? And what should Brazil's role be in the global green economy? I will start by saying, when I talk to some of the largest financing players in the world, they are excited about financing in Brazil coming internationally. And so I think Brazil has a track record of having done this. And you also have a large number of large corporations. So if they were to launch something, the large funds will jump on it. So I think financing from an international point of view is not going to be a big challenge with the right scaling plans. Point one. Point two is, I think you would like to have a couple of, what shall I call it, you would aspire to have one or two or three investors who become specialized in this. We as McKinsey, we try to find who could be that investor. I serve one in the Nordics who, who has done a battery player, the H2 Green Steel, doing a circular plastics player and doing a heat pump player. Who is that equivalent down here? Because the opportunity is vast. And the scaling formula is a little bit similar. We would love to have discussions with players in Brazil around who would be willing to be that player here. So that's number two. And, and with that said, uh, you, are, you have a huge opportunity in front of you. And I think the world also looks to you in the area Shao mentioned to lead the world. And McKinsey, of course, our aspiration is to make sure Brazil does that because the world needs it. Right, well. I want to follow up on this point that Thomas just mentioned. Brazil shouldn't just follow, it should lead. There are several value chains, several sectors and businesses in which Brazil would be able to lead the, the development of these businesses and lead the decarbonization of the world. 
Okay, so Thomas, what is your final message to the CEOs that are listening to us or watching us today? My question to everybody or inspiration is, do you have one or two of these big businesses you can scale that is adjacent to what you're doing and are you willing to go for it? We think you should and we would love to have a discussion around how that could happen. And you, João, would you sell them? I would go back to Thomas' first point about ambition. So think if you have the right ambition, not only for the Brazilian market, but for the decarbonization and the value creation of the global economy. And which is sustainable and inclusive for the planet too. Yes. Right. Thank you very much for your priceless contribution today. And Thomas, I wish you a wonderful time here in Brazil. And João, I'll see you here at McKinsey Talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you very much for being here with us. Do you want to know more about green business building opportunities? Reach out to our experts by emailing McKinsey-Talks at McKinsey.com. After all, our conversation must go on. And the full agenda for the McKinsey Talks series is on McKinseyTalks.com. There you can also check out this episode and previous ones in video or podcast. Thank you and see you later.